And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shakers Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleicher, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, hardly ever, at 10.21 p.m. Central Standard Time on a Wednesday night is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? <laughs> oh my gosh! Are Sorry, you... I haven't talked enough. <laughs> Had a big ball of mucus just waiting for just me. Just waiting, waiting for you right <laughs> there, Al. Wow! I was say you're back in the cave. I'm back, back in, the cave. in the cave. Yeah, back in the in the pod cave. Back in the dunk. Very cool. Cave of dunk. Uh, hey, yeah. When, when you're doing when you're doing podcasts by yourself, do you sit behind the big desk? Do you use the big desk? Um. Yes, I'm using the big desk right now. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I have another setup over there, but I just have to move everything, and I don't like that. So I keep mm. everything here. Mm-hmm. Uh, got back from Vegas today, just in time to miss <laughs> Usman Jang's coming out party. Um, I'm really sad I wasn't at that game in particular because it was in the small gym. And yeah. that gym is the best gym to watch a basketball game in. Because if you feel like you're in a high school gym, and it's but you're watching NBA players. It's the coolest thing ever. So, uh, but Vegas was super fun. The Thunder played great tonight. Uh, in particular, Chet Holmgren and Usman Jang were amazing. Uh, if you watch the broadcast, it was just funny. Uh, them just consistently not knowing how to say Jang's name. Um, uh, Jing, I think, is what they oh, settled really? on most of the time. I was watching uh, on mute. Oh, you weren't? Yeah, good for you. Um, yeah, Jing. I heard Ding. Um, I heard lots and lots of different versions. <laughs> Lol Ding. Uh, Lol Ding was awesome tonight. 22 points, 9 boards, 6 assists, a steal, 9 of 11 from the field, 3 or 4 from 3. Stats are great. You know, he's he's done things similar to this before, but what really struck me was the confidence with he in the way that he did it because he was calling for the ball. Like they'd cross half court and Jang would kind of hang back and just wait and be like, no, no, no. Like this is my possession. Like, let me initiate this. And he was ridiculous tonight. Yeah. Uh, in his first game of summer league, I tweet out that he had a long way to go. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to eat some crow tonight, Andrew. Some summer league crow. Cook it up, serve it up to me. I'll suck it down that crow because uh, yeah, he's been great. He's been very good for a while. But this was probably the best Oos game I've I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. You know, he's had good games in the NBA. Yeah. But yes, the confidence and like early on. You know, he had that awesome kind of like semi-transition play where he crossed up the dude and had just that big sweeping dunk. And you're like, wow, that's really great. That's that's very cool. And he had a, a bunch more really nice transition plays where he's yeah. catching the ball and finishing. And I'm like, that's great. But that, you know, that's what I that's what he's been good at. He's been good in transition. Yep. He is good when he gets to the basket. Um, but man, that fourth quarter, those threes that he was hitting, dude. He's he's been taking some of those, and in the past when he's t- t- taken taken those, yeah, 
I've always like rolled my eyes a little bit. Like, like you're you're a sub thirty percent shooter or whatever, and this, <laughs> these are the threes you're going to start taking. Like, what do you think is going to happen? And then tonight, like, it he didn't just make them. It's not like he banked them in. It was like nothing but net. It yeah. was just the cleanest looking moves I've seen. Like him crossing up a guy, doing a step back with these pull up threes. I was just like kind of blown away. Like I I just haven't really seen that. Outside of like maybe he'll have one like that, but he had at least two threes there towards the end, where it's like, wow, that is legitimately impressive. That you have the confidence to take it, that you have the moves to be able to do that, and that it went in and just looked so pretty from beginning to end. Oh, just like went just swish through the net. Yeah, and it was the dribble step back. It was like I'm going to create this out of nothing. You know, it wasn't yeah. like. Kaysen Wallace or somebody was creating off an attack. It was late shot clock. Who's going to get a bucket? And you're like, oh my gosh. Like There's just not a lot of guys at his size well, there was that a, can handle like that. One of those that. shots. So like in the fourth quarter, they just start spamming like Chet pick and rolls or like getting the switch and then just to get Chet matched up with a guy who's like 6'4". That was mm-hmm. like the entire second half it felt like. And so there was a play like that with Us where he had the ball and they might have gotten a switch or as a pick and roll. And I just like so focused on Chet because they've thrown it into him like every single time mm-hmm. that I missed Us taking the three. Like I, I had to rewind it to be like, wait a second, what just happened? Like what? Because <laughs> I just assumed they were going to pass it to Chet again. And uh, yeah, super impressive stuff from Us. Yeah. You want to see it in the NBA? I mean, yeah. I mean, yes. Against uh, guys who are taller than 6'6". Six, six. That, that was the first game where it felt like we were finally getting revenge for these last two years when we were always the super tiny team. <laughs> and now we could finally play this team where I'm pretty sure Chet and Us were the tallest guys on the court. Yeah. And then Jay Will's probably tied up there with uh, Oscar Shibway. Like, we were giants compared to them. Yeah. And that's why, like, uh, Chet had an amazing stat line. So many of <laughs> those shots were like him basically dunking over a guy who's 6'4. Yeah. Which is very cool. It was nice, the stats. But I, I don't know how often that is going to happen in the NBA. Yeah. It's great that the Pacers just kept switching. Just like, yeah, we'll put a tiny guard on you. Yeah. No, Chet, um, Chet was amazing. And, and again, it's the defense. Obviously, the offensive part stuck out. Tonight, too. I mean, his stat yeah. line's ridiculous. 25, 9, 2 assists, 5 blocks, a steal, 9 of 15 from the floor, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Uh, it was only it was 0 of 2 from 3, but he was scoring inside whenever he wanted, like you mentioned. And just was wreaking havoc in, like, pick-and-roll settings. I mean, they'd set, like, these double screens, and he would just roll to the bucket, just almost be wide open. And he has several yeah. just wide-open dunks. He looked great. Uh but the defense just really stuck out. I mean, the five blocks were loud, like all of them. And he blocks in transition. He had Jairus, got Jairus Walker at the rim. He just looks amazing. And he's going to fill easily fill gaps on this team where last year there just wasn't anybody even close to this that could contribute in this way. No, yeah, there was, there was a one of my favorite plays of his tonight. I think he actually ended up – he either fouled a guy or it was a goaltend. I don't remember what it was eventually called. But it was like a second effort thing where he like prevented him from getting the shot off first, but then the guy got the ball back and he went – he came right back to him and was able to cover some like decent ground. And I thought he blocked him, but they, they must have called it a goaltend or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just his activity around the rim, it is so hard – to get off shots against him, yeah. to get off good shots against him. Yep. And and speaking team wide, like you look at that opening lineup they had, man, that's like a pretty formidable defensive lineup. Yeah. And even though it was close early on, you know, I mean, it was like a couple point game either way. The Pacers were having to take also some terrible shots. Like they were taking a lot of mid range shots during that time. So even as the game was close, you could see like, wow, this defense is really forcing this team into some shots they don't really want to take. Mm-hmm. And I, who, who was it? It was like Jared Butler, Kaysen, Jang, J. Will, and Chet, right? Yeah. 
just like a really versatile defensive lineup. Mm-hmm. And man, you just think about throwing uh, some of the other guys that they have on this team uh, into some of these lineups. They they could be a terror, Andrew, a terror for teams. I, I mean, I think like a lot of young teams would be satisfied with this like lineup, <laughs> like as their young I mean, team. Yeah, imagine being a ball handler and like, oh, you're so happy. I just I just got past Lou Dort somehow, and then you got Chet waiting for you like immediately behind. Yeah, that's There's just that's the thing. That's gonna the, be, the that's gonna be the, the level of skill you need to break down this defense now is so much higher than it has been in previous years. And they already had a top half of the league defense, you know. Hey, what do you what do you think? Top five? Are you are you is that your bold prediction? I don't know if they'll be top five this year, but I mean they're gonna have like the shell of what will be a top five defense for a long time, I think. I don't know if yeah. it'll be this year, but like that's uh, it's on the way. There's just no question about that. Uh speaking of defense, Casey Wallace did not play well offensively tonight. I guess at least shooting the basketball only took seven shots, two of seven, four points. But contributed defensively well, contributed in just like kind of setting the table, bringing the ball up. Like he's super steady. Uh, he didn't play like he did in the first game, hadn't played like that since. And that's, that's okay. Um, but finished with four, five, and five, only one turnover. Yeah. I thought he was better than he was on Tuesday. I guess that was yesterday. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he looked great in that game. And, you know, I've been a little underwhelmed with his passing. Uh, he just, he, I wouldn't say he makes safe passes. Like he does try stuff. And I, I found, especially in the Tuesday game, but like when he would get into the lane, he just had a lot of trouble with interior passing. Yeah. Um, it was, it was constantly like bouncing off an opponent's foot or bouncing off teammates foot. Um, just like getting the angles correct or, or he'd make a bounce pass and like the defender would catch up to it very quickly. He looked good when he was like driving and kicking out to a shooter. Mm-hmm. I thought he was very good at those type of passes. Um, so, you know, it's something to watch going forward. Uh, we were on such a high after that first game. <laughs> it was so much fun. And, <laughs> and I do wish, I mean, like seven shots. I mean, Jared Butler, come on, man. Eight shots. Jared Butler's trying to get a two-way, man. That's what this is about. Jared Butler's trying to get a two-way. Is that is that how he's going to do it? Dude, that's what, this is why Summer League is like the best and the worst all wrapped up in one is because you have legitimately, this is the chance for some of these guys that don't have guaranteed deals to figure it out and to, and to show people that I've got something. And they don't care what Casey Wallace does. The dude's got a guaranteed deal. Like, yeah. who cares? This is, and this is why Summer League is like just... I care, you, I care. You, you throw it away for the most part. Um, like good, bad, whatever. Like you can't. You have to take all of it with a grain of salt. Just because, like you said, the Pacers were like outrageously small tonight, and, I, and not not necessarily in a fun way. It mm, wasn't like, oh, this is really cool <laughs> what they're doing. <laughs> it's like, no, they're just small. No, like th- <laughs> this is just like a team that was like that was just put together two weeks ago with yeah. the goal of maybe finding some guys to put at the end of the roster. And I just I just feel like for Jared Butler, I mean, the moments when he looked the best, I thought he had some really nice moments running pick and roll with Chet. Yeah. I mean, I, there were at least two lobs. I was going to say, he threw a really nice lob to him. That 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 was cool. Seeing Chet finish, like, cool. the one hit, that one-handed lob in particular was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm fine with him taking threes. You know, I, I think I, I believe in his, like, catch-and-shoot abilities. Yeah. It's just on some of these drives, he almost has like the uh, the Abdul Nader thing, where you're just like, it's just an adventure. Yeah, like I just don't know where this is headed. Like his decision making is just so hot and cold because I've seen yeah. him make like really good plays, but then he'll just like dribble into a guy and instead of passing it out, he'll then try to take a shot somewhere in the mid range. Yeah, and and those are the ones where it's just like, even if you made it. That's not like helping your stock. Like that's, it's a bad shot. Like you have to pass it out. So that that was a little frustrating. Yeah. Especially when you know this is Kaysen, his only third game, and he's getting seven shots. Yeah. Uh, the, the the thing about Kaysen to me is like he he was built in a lab to like accentuate what this team does. You know, at a, like a at a high level, and he's going to come in. He's going to play defense. 
He's going to take open shots. He's going to fill the lane in transition. Uh, I think he's going to help with a lot of things. Is he going to be like a primary creator? I mean, probably not, at least to start with. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was watching these last two games. I was thinking like, if I was a fan of a young rebuilding team and they had drafted Kaysen and he, the plan was for, like they didn't have a point guard and like he was coming in as their main point guard. Yeah. I, I would be a little more concerned. Sure. But you look at this draft and I kind of think he fits into the mold that a lot of these guys fit in where I, I feel like a lot of the guys taken in the lottery kind of project as high end role players. Yeah. Like connecting yeah, think, pieces. Like, yeah. Yeah, like Grady Dick, Derek Lively, um, even Asar Thompson, like yeah, even some of the guys higher up, Jarris Walker, obviously, like they all kind of fit that kind of high end role player model. Mm-hmm. And so, I do think Kaysen will look better when he's playing with better players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was still a little underwhelmed. Obviously, it's not like he had a great game. I'm not trying to make it sound like something it wasn't, um, but I'm, I'm also not worried. I mean, yeah. the, the shooting display that we saw in the first game, specifically the the types of threes he was shooting, that three where he was under the basket and and moved to the corner and caught it and immediately shot it. Like, yeah. Those are the types of plays that get you super excited because the Thunder just haven't really had guys who take those kind of threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. A uh, couple of questions from the chat. Uh, from David Johnson. What's oh, your boy. favorite lineup going into the season, Al? Favorite lineup. Favorite lineup. I'm going to go... Hmm. You know what? I'm going to leave two guys off of it. This isn't going to be a defense lineup, Andrew. I'm going starting lineup. Mm-hmm. So J-Dub, Chet, Giddy, Shea, Isaiah, Joe. Okay. Isaiah Joe. That's going to be my favorite lineup yeah. going into the season. I mean, after tonight, you just you want to see Shea, Giddy, J-Dub, Oos, Chet. Yeah, I think that's fair, too. That'd be cool. After tonight. After tonight. And then after tonight. I also want to see Kaysen in there instead of Oos. I also want to see Michich in there instead of Oos. You know? I think yeah. you can really say with- throw a lot of guys into the lineup. With Oos, man, on defense, I like him so much on the perimeter. Yeah. Um, I don't like him as much when he's being forced to be around the basket. Um, like J- in that J-Dub's Dallas game. J Dub would be the four. Yeah, yeah. J Dub can be the four. Because in that Dallas game, the the beginning of that game, he was getting bodied a lot yeah. around the rim. Yeah. And but on the flip side, like when he's guarding those same guards on the perimeter, like I love it. Like I, I, th- I think that's where he makes the most sense. So we used to talk about like, is Poku really a, a secret three? Yeah. Maybe, maybe Oos is the secret three. You know, maybe he just moves more like a three than Poku did. Yeah. Because when Poku started to put on a little bit of weight, he's never put on like a ton of weight, obviously. It's just like it distributed itself just in his trunk, you know? Like, which is which is cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, and then as like Oos fills out, like you can see him like getting bigger, like through his shoulders. Yeah. And I don't know. There's there's big wings like that out in the NBA, and so that'd be cool if that's any, what he was. When you were at summer league, were mm-hmm. there any murmurs about uh, guys getting taller? Uh, I mean, people mentioned Shengun for sure. I'm talking Thunder. I don't care about the Rockets. <laughs> I mean, not really. Not like... No. No, I mean, not in a, No murmurs? Not in like a substantial way. No. All right. All right. I mean, I got... To, I was hoping, Ch- I was hoping Ch- you were going to tell me like, Oos is actually seven foot now. I don't think he is. He's... I mean, he's still super tall. Chet is huge. Chet's shoulders look noticeably different to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he, he definitely looks bigger. Like standing next to him last year... Like his shoulders like would like collapse in a little bit and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, yeah. like this dude, like is he ever gonna be able to do it? And then like standing next to him after game one in Vegas, like he was like you can tell like his shoulders are like filling out, which didn't even seem possible last year. Like, he definitely looks stronger. 
and yeah, when they when they do the side by side of him during the telecast from yeah. last year, this year, it yeah. is it is pretty noticeable. Yeah, yeah, even that, beyond the beard. Yeah, it's impressive. Uh, Hoops talk sixty nine ask would we have taken Koulibaly over Kaysen if he was still available? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know that definitively, but I think we have to think about it this way. Would there have been minutes for Koulibaly to actually develop on this team? Is a question that I would ask. When you really think about it, if they're still trying to develop Jang, which like he played great tonight, but they're still going to have to play developmental minutes for him, where maybe he's not great for like two weeks and still try to develop him through that. Can you do that with Koulibaly as well? Because Koulibaly is... He's a long ways away. Like defensively, he's done some stuff similar to Jang, where it's like, hey, like defensively, you can see the path to them playing right away. But then offensively, like he doesn't have like the self creation stuff. Like he's going to need somebody to set him up. He's going to need somebody to kind of guide him along. He's going to play a lot of G League minutes. At least he would have played a lot of G League minutes for this team. Now for the Wizards, I think they can afford to just play him with the big guys. But I just. I just question it. After watching him some in Vegas, I just question whether it would have made sense to develop him. Because when you see the way they went with Kaysen, it's like, oh yeah, we can. you can watch Kaysen play for just 10 minutes and you say, oh yeah, there, there's, a, there's a path to him playing this year on this team. But when you watch Koulibaly, it's like, oh man, like he's, he's far away from truly contributing at the NBA level. So, Definitively, I don't know, but those are the questions that I ask myself when I watch Koulibaly I, versus. I Kaysen. think one thing you can say definitively is he is in a much better spot in Washington than he would have been in Oklahoma City. Yeah, like for his career. Yes, he he would have been like the perfect pick back in like the Poku draft. Oh if, yeah, if like yeah. The Thunder drafted a player like that. Yeah, definitely. Where you can just give him all the minutes, let him try all the things. Yeah. And do it at an NBA level, mm-hmm. like that—that's that, really what you want to see. And he's going to get that opportunity in Washington, mm-hmm. playing next coups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think for him, it was—it was a much better situation that he landed in. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, just to get playing time for these young guys is going to be so crucial. And I just—I just wonder moving forward if the Thunder can afford to have like long-term extensive projects like that because they're going to start winning basketball games. Maybe they don't win 50, you know, this year, but it's possible they do the year after that. And I mean, it's, you just can't develop them. And they even tried it. When we see, we saw with the, the Warriors trying to do two timelines, like you can't do it. I mean, the, the Thunder tried to do two timelines. Remember? I mean, like the Thunder were like one of the first teams to like really try to do it when they had KD, Russ, Serge, Perk, all those guys, and then they had Jeremy Lamb and Perry Jones, Jones and they had uh, Reggie Jackson was a part of that to begin with, and he was like the only one that like really made it. But yeah. it is tough because those dudes just can't play. Like you just can't play them, I and mean, the coaches just won't play those guys. So that's just kind of where I sit with Koulibaly. I. I I'm glad that he went to the Wizards. I'm not sure there was a destination in the top 10 that made as much sense as the Wizards. I'm not sure anybody else could have given him this time because you look at like where the Pacers are headed. The Pacers are kind of in the same boat as the Thunder. Like they need guys that can play right now. You can see Jairus Walker. Like, yeah, the dude's ready to play. Like he can play next year. Is he going to have some bumps in the road? Sure. But like, he's good enough to play next year. Koulibaly, no. Like he's just not there yet. And that's okay. It's not like he's going to have a bad career. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see that. Um, I was trying to look. Oh, here we go. I, I was just trying to see what other teams would have made sense. I guess the Jazz were maybe interested in him. I think the Jazz. Um, I think the Jazz were. They, they do make sense to a degree. Uh, I'm interested to see how Utah looks. I, I think they're. They probably don't make the play in. Again, would be my guess, but. Also, I'm a little bit confused by their plan. I, I've talked to I talked to a lot of people in Vegas about Utah, and I I just kind of fundamentally disagree with a lot of people <laughs> about it because 
they just seem like they're on track to pick ninth for the next three years, you know, and they're just going to, yeah. they need to have I mean, like a big trade or something in the pipeline. Yeah. And for them even like the, they've been talked about as a potential Tyler hero destination, um, which like, I just, that's I a don't big, know. like whatever to me, like it's a big, like why, like what, what, especially what? when you see that what Keontae George has done and you're like, yeah. why would you just, yeah, like, just let Keontae play. He's looked really good. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very interested in what they're doing. The the over unders, some over unders came out today for the season. Oh, I didn't see these. And I, uh, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Uh, so OKC was 42 and a half, which is Ooh. exactly what I thought they were going to be. And I wish I had tweeted it out. Ooh we okay. Um, because with all of these over unders, this is my favorite time of the year because yeah. every fan base is going to talk themselves into the over. Oh, and what are the Rockets? What are the Rockets? Like, what are the Rockets? What are the Rockets? Uh, they are thirty. I think they're thirty-one and a half. Wow. Here, I'll I'll just I'll, let me just bring it up. I think Dane Moore tweeted out uh, all the Western Conference. I got ones. to meet Dane Moore in person. In oh Vegas yeah, at the media party. Okay, we got to hang out. Was he? Uh, was he cool? Uh, he's cool. Taller than expected. Uh, very nice guy. I. What they had at the media party? The food they served us was hilarious it was essentially pigs in a blanket uh fried mac and cheese and basketball shaped cake pops and i'm just like they know we are children because they're serving us children food that would have been a big old trip to the toilet for uh (laughs) old al baby cakes uh okay so the clippers and blazers are off the board because clippers may get james harden and blazers uh, may trade damian lillard if you haven't heard what uh spurs are the lowest 30.5 now that in and of itself that's the lowest yes the blazers are going to be low the blazers will be like 23 and a half or something yeah they should be like 20 and a half the thing that stuck out to me about all of these numbers is yes, how high thirty is thirty man, and a half. Man, for the, if the Spurs win thirty, I will. I don't. I'll do something crazy. I don't know. Rockets thirty one and a half. Jazz thirty four and a half. So those three teams are kind of grouped together, and then it jumps up to the Thunder, which are at forty two and a half. Wolves forty three and a half. Pels Kings all forty three and a half. The Kings are forty three and a half. Wow, kind of interesting. That is interesting. Uh, the Grizz are 45 and a half, Mavs 45 and a half, mm. Lakers 48 and a half, Warriors 49 and a half, Suns 51 and a half, and Nuggets 54 and a half. Uh, wow, that's 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 high for the Warriors, by the way. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, obviously, these are like people will bet the over on yeah, them. Yeah, they, yeah. They, there'll be people who think the Warriors are going to 50 games, no and maybe they could, no doubt. Um, but uh, yeah, it, I think what's interesting is you know Vegas is kind of predicting a similar like jumble of teams in the West as we saw last year. Yeah, not really predicting some separation like we may have seen in the past. I mean, even the fact that the Nuggets are there at fifty four and a half, you know, mm-hmm. that that would once again be like a really low total for a one seed in the West. Um, but that's similar to what happened last year. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was very interested in the Rockets number just because. Um, Rockets fans are, are understandably excited about uh, the summer league. It's I been mean, great. Ahmed, it's it's been, Ahmed Thompson. It's been great for them. I, I I'll, I'll say this, Andrew. This might be a bold take. I think Amon Thompson's their best prospect. Uh, I just um, feel like he knows how to play basketball. Yeah, I, and I, I, I really I like so. what I saw from him. Yeah, he was really good, and like he played like twenty seven minutes. But yeah, and the he, idea that he is going to come off the bench uh, because you have to pay play uh, Dylan Brooks. Dude. And uh, Fred Van Vliet. I'd be you know, so whatever. Pissed. I'd be super duper pissed about that. About both I would of, as well. About both of them. I know people are like, well, you can't be mad about Fred Van Vliet. He's going to help reset the culture. It's like, great. Shut I want to watch Amin Thompson play. Up. Yeah, let me, let me watch all the cool players that we have play games, not this tiny little overpaid point guard. I'd be so mad. So tiny. <laughs> he is. He's tiny. Uh, I'd be so mad. I'd be so and, and and I know they gotta get to the salary floor. Like I just still just I don't want guys taking minutes from those awesome prospects that I have. I don't want that. Yeah, I would not I want agree. that. I agree. I would have rather given like uh Ish Smith twenty million dollars. Just have Ish Smith come in. Well <laughs> he can be the vet. 
or like, everyone likes Ish Smith. Or just say, hey, Bruce Brown, how about $25 million? Sure. A guy who's used to coming off the bench, yeah, really high-level role player. Yeah. I would have felt better about that as well. Yeah. But I, what, whatever. My point is whatever. that uh, Rockets fans are excited. Some people are excited about the Houston. And uh, I, was, I was very interested to see where that over-under came in because yeah, me too. most Rockets fans are saying like, Based on their moves, they're expecting like thirty-eight, like thirty-five to thirty-eight wins, and that's kind of seen as like a, a reasonable take. And so, for this number to come in at thirty-one and a half, which I think is pretty fair, like I bet, I bet, I bet that will be the most bet over this year. That is what I'm going to bet right now. Last year it was the Pistons. Pistons. I was going to say the most bet over. I will bet that Rockets are the most bet over this year at thirty-one and a half. Yeah. I could definitely see that. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, I would still take the under, but that's cool. I, I would too, but I, it, it's not going to shock me if they win 34 games. I will not be blown away. Um, it's, it's more people feeling confident that they're going to take the, like, a big leap, like getting to play in range, which depending on how you count it, the amount of games they would have to win would it would put them up there with some of like the biggest one season turnarounds for a bad team. Yeah, I mean, without there, a doubt. there have been teams who have won a lot in between season to season. In fact, uh, I was looking back at our surprise mm-hmm. team Excel file mm-hmm. because that was the other thing about this list. Like, there's not going to be a ton of options. I feel like this year because you have to choose a team who has projected under 36 wins Mm -hmm. so at least for the west it's just going to be blazers spurs rockets jazz Mm -hmm. and then i haven't seen anyone list out the eastern conference but i can go uh look at what those are there's probably going to be a couple more teams what what do you think detroit's at are they at like 33 and a half 33 and a half yeah uh they are at 27 and a half oh wow that's kind of interesting. Uh, God, if they won twenty-seven games, the dude, I I, I saw Trill uh, Bro dude tweet this the other day that uh, Troy Weaver is not going to have a job in six to twelve months, and I agree with that. That's I just probably true. I don't see how everything is going to coalesce. Yeah, Ivy's not. Look, Ivy did not look good. Like so many things have to coalesce this season. Their big man situation has to get figured out. Like Kate has to come back and be. Way better than he was as a rookie. Yeah, for and them also to seriously make a, a big jump. Also, like welcome back to zero spacing, Cade Cunningham. You don't, Good you luck. don't believe him. You don't believe in beef stew. Dude, he shot thirty. He shot thirty-two percent from three. So you don't believe him. I don't know. I, who's guarding hey, him? Downer. Like what? He may. He might make thirty-six percent this year, but I promise you, zero percent will guard him. That's what matters. That's like that's how you create space is that people care that you shoot it. If people like whatever, like same with like Poku, like no one's gonna guard Poku. Poku. Oh, speaking of Poku, I gotta bring this up. Uh, mm-hmm. People probably saw this today. Uh, the vo- volume sports. Okay, I think that's Colin Cowherd's thing. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't yes, know. It is. They, they have an account, and there's a guy. His name's Jason. I forget his last name. Mm-hmm. But he had, he had just a, like a little segment about how he thought the Thunder should trade for Dame. Okay. Okay. I don't care about that. Yeah. What, I don't either. Like obviously they're never going to do that. Yeah. Never. But what I thought was interesting was, and I always think this is interesting, is hearing people outside of OKC start listing off players in the roster. Because he lists off the starting five, which includes Dame now. He moved Giddy to the bench. He said, and then on their bench, they'd have Giddy, Trey Mann. Trey Mann. He named Trey Mann seventh on the roster. That, that was a little red People flag. don't know how to talk about the Thunder yet. People just have no clue how to talk about the Thunder yet. And then he named Poku eighth. I was like, wow, this is a very interesting rotation. Uh, this, this gentleman is bringing up Trey Mann seventh and Poku eighth. <laughs> I mean, Thunder fans aren't just just flat out aren't thinking about Poku. I mean, that's just the reality. Uh, but yeah, I I don't think they're going to trade uh, for Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, you know what I will say though? I've been thinking about this. Uh, being a Thunder fan, mm-hmm. I think a lot of our opinions are because 
we feel like we understand Presti's plan well. So like even if even if a an opinion is valid, mm-hmm. like when when people were talking about oh we should go like throw an offer at Grant Williams or or John Collins, we should trade for John Collins or something like sure. that. Like yeah, in a vacuum, like a completely reasonable take to have and you can make pros and cons for these things. Yeah, yeah. But it's like we don't even we can't even go there because we know <laughs> It's not going to happen. Like it's just, well, it's never going to happen. And that's the thing with the Dame thing. Like I can't even can't fathom. I can't even like do a bit. I can't no. even have a conversation because it's just never going to happen. I know that's it was where McKelly tried to get me to dream big about a trade like two or yeah, three weeks what, ago. What did you say? I don't you even remember. I, I think I said Clint Capel and the Thunder get two seconds back or something. <laughs> Yeah, cool. Like, what? what is wrong with me? I've lost it. Like until it happens, and I know people will point. Like you can point to the Paul George trade. I mean, that was a huge trade. Yeah, it was a huge and trade. Absolutely, that that was out of nowhere. But yeah. it was like at such a different time point. It was at a, like a time, it, like a desperate time of like, okay, like where are we going? What are we gonna do? This team, we we're this team is stuck in like in mediocrity, and there's no way out. And then they've got Paul George. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, if one of the if one of these things ever does happen, I'm happy to come on here and say what an idiot I've been for not believing it. Sure, Zach Vobernick says, "Well, we did trade for Garuba <laughs> in Washington. Didn't expect that." <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Also, did that's not expect that. That's basically a Dame trade. That, that I just have just giggled to myself about those trades, just because. The Thunder have just gone round and round and just like squeezed every pick they can out of these trades. Okay. And the Rockets. Can I say something about the Rockets? Yeah, please. So these series of dumb trades come out. Yeah. Which even Rockets fans are like, that's stupid. Why did we have to give up? The Rockets fans are of? like legitimately mad about it. Yeah. And then the Rockets come out and they're like, well, we thought uh, Brooke Lopez was coming. Yeah. And when he. Uh, rejected us we didn't want to be jerks to the hawks so we still went through with the deal that was on the table okay i feel like we hear all the time around draft time how there were potential deals on the table but it was contingent upon a certain guy falling to this spot sure if you're the rockets why can't you just say to the hawks hey if brooke lopez if something goes wrong here we're not going to do this deal we're only going to do this deal if brooke lopez signs with us why, why is that so crazy? And so they're trying to get their fans to believe that like, oh, they're upstanding. We're just, we just have to be upstanding and, and stick to our guns and, and, and be nice to the Hawks. We don't want to screw them up. Like, wait, why didn't you just, well, did they really not say that? They didn't say like, hey, by the way, if Brooke Lopez like screws us here, like we're not doing this, okay? <laughs> Why would you not say that? You'd be like, hey, I, I want to buy a bunch of chlorine tabs if I get a pool. You know, like contingent on having a pool. Like you Dude, don't in this same th- you don't get the pool and you're happened. like, I guess I just have to buy all these chlorine tabs. I just have to have them. I have to do They're it. They're just sitting I in my backyard be- <laughs> now. Sorry. I have to I have to be honorable to Home it's, Depot. It was honor it was the honorable thing to do to buy the chlorine tabs. And isn't this what happened with Chris Bosch? Didn't they make like a bunch of moves in preparation for Chris Bosch? They did. They screwed did. them over. Yeah. It just feels like just make some contingency plans. It it's just you, it's, you don't have to write every trade in blood and say I'm going to do it no matter what. <laughs> I think I think it's slight incompetence with pressure from ownership that is causing that situation in Houston. You know. Like that's I think that's the reason why this is the way it is. You know, and why they made <sighs> trades where like the Thunder this is where Presti has an advantage is like ownership is just like, yeah, we trust that you're going to do the right things. Um, and he gets to sit back and he gets to like think about these things and then he gets to make the calls without it. Like who cares if they don't get the second rounder and Ty Ty Washington and Garuba, who cares for the, for Houston? It's like just for the chance to make this happen. They have to like scramble and may have agreed to it, not because it's honorable, but because they're desperate to get better. Because they're going to lose their jobs. There's a podcast coming out yes. tomorrow that I did with Kelly Eco, and he said 
if they don't win 40 games next year, heads are going to roll. <laughs> Might as well uh, start sharpening the blade. And then Kelly starts doing this toward the end of the podcast. We're just oh, talking about heads rolling. Talking about heads rolling. That's what I mean. Wow. That's that's where this games? is. That's where this is headed. That's what he said. This is that's where this situation is headed. So that's just, that's why these that's why those things are happening is because I mean it's similar to what was going on in Orlando, you know, years ago when they dealt for Serge Ibaka and they made all these little moves to try to get better right now because ownership was like, hey, you better be better next year, and if you're not, you're gone. Well, the the funny thing to me is like if people remember, it, I'm not saying it was a lot of people, but like when they waved Isaiah Roby, they were. I remember seeing tweets that were like, hey, this is, you know, this is kind of unfortunate, but this is what happens when you just collect all these draft picks. Like, you're going to have to let go of good players. And meanwhile, like, Houston's giving up first-round picks from yeah. the last couple of years, and they're having to pay to get rid of them. And it's not like they're – these aren't – like, I don't think Ty Ty Washington is some obvious bust. Like, yeah. his G League stats are pretty incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of people that like him. I, I mean, my – my expectation with both Tai Tai and Garuba is that one, they're going to get a good look at him. Uh, two, I I think they might be able to extract value out of them individually. Like, there's been people saying, like, yeah, I think there are teams that like Tai Tai Washington, and there are teams that like Garuba. Not, yeah. I don't know why they've been like dealt as a package duo <laughs> every time now. <laughs> Just, it's kind of hilarious to me. If they keep getting passed around as a duo. Um, but I think individually they might have some value. So it's just it's just funny to me. I think they'll take a good look. I would guess that Garuba would have a better chance of making the roster over Tai Tai. I also think there's like some background stuff on Tai Tai that's not the best. That Are you might, talking yourself into a Garuba's forty percent? On 0.8 three pointers per game? Not at all. Not at all. Why not? not? All. Why not? I would talk. I've talked myself into like the footwork being there as a defender and just like he's, mm. you know, girthy. <laughs> I don't know. Do you know how many threes he took last year? Is it can't. Is it more than? Is it can't? It's got to be less than ten, right? No, it's more than ten. It's more than ten. I didn't watch a ton of Garuba last year, obviously. Uh, fifty nine. Oh. That's you. Rem- do you know how many threes Roby took in his final season with OKC when he shot forty four percent? No, he, sh- he took ninety nine, just as a comparison. Because uh, you know he went back to thirty percent last year with the Spurs. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He's, we're we're he's talking not, about pretty small sample sizes. Uh, he's playing for the Knicks. Roby is a lot of Roby. Is he really in yeah. summer league? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he could be a Obi Toppin replacement. Uh yeah, he he could be. He could be, but they have his brother Jacob. So that's a Jacob very, Toppin? Yeah. Very easy, easy. Uh Usman Garuba's full name is Destiny Usman Garuba Alari. Yes, I looked that up not too long ago for yeah. some reason. He's only 21. I mean, he's 6'8", 220. He's super duper strong. I really liked him in the draft. Like through the draft process, he's not been impactful as a player at all <clears throat> for Houston, but I think that he'll I mean, I think he'll have a better chance to stick around just because he's a big man. And I think it'll probably come down to he or Jeremiah and like which one Yeah, we didn't mention him yet. He he played tonight, which was nice to see. He did. He um missed an incredible number of shots at the rim, yeah. including a dunk. And a layup. And but the, yeah, the layup where Jay Will had like a really nice. Pass. Oh my gosh, you you felt like he, Jay Will just delivered him a, a birthday present, just like here you go, buddy. Boo! And he just whiffs the reverse layup. I was just like, come on, man! Like this, like I I really and, like Jeremiah, like as a person, he's great. I would like for him to be successful. It was just a rough night for him, though. It was a rough night, and and the thing that sucks for him is that like he keeps having these absences. And so, you know, as a Thunder fan, you get kind of antsy and it's like, Oh man, I just want to see him play, like see him healthy again. 
And then it feels like I'm putting a lot of pressure on like his first game back in the same way in the season when he finally comes back from his ankle injury mm-hmm. and like expecting him to just like immediately get back to where he was his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And but now it feels like, you know, he's on a clock. Mm-hmm. Like there's just so many guys vying for those minutes that weren't there two years ago when he was a freshman, freshman, rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's just I, – I am starting to worry that he's going to be – not worry, but like at the beginning of all this, I wasn't really thinking about him being waived. Yeah. I thought they're going to give him another shot no matter what because he had that rough season. He looked really good in his rookie season, they're going to give him another shot. Yeah. The further the summer goes on, I, I do start to wonder. I at least wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the cuts. I, I wouldn't either at this point, just because Jay will looks super competent out there as a big. He does. And I like the For way. For what he, his role will be on this team, oh, I yeah. think he looks very competent. Yeah. I like the way that he looks next to Chet. I think he's a good backup center. Um, again, I think it'll come down to Jerry and Garuba and they might cut both of them. Honestly, like that could definitely happen. You know, we don't know what to think about Jack white yet. And they haven't even officially signed him yet. I assume that that and Michich will become official relatively soon. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see where this all goes, but I don't, I mean, they can carry up to 21 players now. So the expectation for me is that they'll carry 21 players through October and we'll see something happen then. So, and we'll talk about it every week and we'll make our selections. We'll have <laughs> talked about it on every show every week. Until and then we'll then. actually trade down to 14 players. Yeah. <laughs> we'll actually have an open roster spot. Uh, do, do you have any favorites for the two, the second two way spot? Cause uh, Keontae has one. Yeah. Keontae has got, got one. I I just can't bring myself to care that much. I guess. Well, I know. <laughs> I didn't ask you to care. I just asked you to answer the question. <laughs> you can you can pretend to care or not. Because uh, you know, Jared Butler seems like I like Jared Butler. He, I've I've been a Butler guy for a while. I would be But at the same time, if you're going to use your two-way and hope that a guy could actually play minutes, it would make more sense for that to be a a, a big guy. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, I. But I don't know who that would be. I don't. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure that there's somebody on this roster that on this um, summer league roster that makes a, a lot of sense there. I don't know. Don't don't really care. Don't think they could be impactful. Wow. I mean, they could they could bring back Lindy on a two way. Yeah, I'd be fine with that. Yeah, I'd actually be into that just because I like Lindy. Um, other than that, there's just too many players that need minutes on this team for it to really, really matter, you know? So give it to, just give it to Lindy. Like give, give it to Lindy. And man, I, I guess I, I, I thought Ty Ty was two years ago. He was in the Chet draft. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was quite recent. Man. Yeah. And, was someone that I think should have played more last year. Played well in the G League. Should have played more for the Rockets last year. Said they played Dacian Knicks. Like, just an outrageous... Who also is gone. Yeah, he's gone now, too. But they played him an outrageous amount of minutes. But, yeah. No, I, I mean, they'll give Ty Ty a chance. I just don't see a path to playing time for him. Especially with... I mean, they just brought in two guards that are come off the bench. You still have Isaiah Joe that's going to play minutes. You still have... Wiggins is not necessarily a guard, but he's going to play minutes at that kind of wing position. You know, Ty Ty, if he came into play, he'd have to occupy more than just the point guard position because that slot is just like completely filled up. So I just don't really see it with him. I think that perhaps he's traded or waived or whatever. That would be one of my predictions with this. Um, So, yeah. You were talking to Joe, I think, Mm -hmm. about – the trade with the Hawks and just, yeah. you know, collecting more second rounders. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with the new CBA, I've become kind of obsessed with that Denver trade yeah, and kind of looking at that trade as a model going forward for how to consolidate these picks. Now we mm-hmm. still don't know the pick protections, which 
please, Lord, give us the pick protections. This is all we want. Maybe they're saving it for like the lowest, like zero news part of the offseason so that we can get a solid episode out of just talking hey, about. Hey, I would appreciate that. Like save it for uh, the last week of July or something. That also, would... you know what? You know what would be cool, Thunder? Uh, let, <laughs> <laughs> let one of us break the news. Wouldn't that be fun? Because who cares, really? It's a pick protection. We're the only ones who care. Sure. You're going to let Woj break <laughs> Pick protections? He or, doesn't care about that. Woj or Those Shams going to break it. Yeah. Let's send know. it. Text Andrew. Just say what it is. Probably <laughs> top five because that's what it was last time. Andrew will get to tweet it. Everyone will be happy. Why can't we do that? I wouldn't count if, on if, it. If you're not going to rebrand, just <laughs> give us the pick protections. <laughs> we'll call it even. <laughs> we'll call it Anyways. even. Anyways. rebranding. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So, yeah, so I've started thinking about, like, some of these teams who have traded all away their picks Mm -hmm. and also haven't drafted well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, the Clippers are an obvious one. Now, maybe you like B.J. Boston or Jason Preston or whatever. but No, you don't. They they haven't really – they don't have anything to show for these last couple of years. No. Like their young player that everyone likes is Terrence Mann, who is 27 I was going to say, he's a fake young guy, yeah. He's completely fake young guy. Uh, but those teams, those are the types of deals I feel like they should be making. Yeah. Like Denver, I think, is on the forefront of this. But maybe like a team like Milwaukee, who's finally having picks in the future that they can trade now. Yeah. Same thing with the Clippers, who finally have picks in the future that they can trade now. Those types of teams, I think, should be making trades like Denver made. And maybe they oh, will yeah. going into next draft or something. And so... If that's how we end up using some of this incredible assortment of picks that Presti has accumulated, I would love it. Like, if, 
give them three picks, give them four picks, uh, you know, a, a first and a couple seconds that you don't love that much and try to get a future first. I'm totally into that. Oh, I think that is a good way to use these. I mean, I would be totally cool with only having one first rounder and next year's draft and pushing all the rest out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in a, in a draft, that's not going to be that good. You could, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do it, but I would, I would just try to walk away with whatever the best pick in that draft is. I mean, this feels like in video games uh, when you have like armor sets and you, you are selling armor sets to get money to buy new armor sets. I and mean, mm-hmm. you just keep upgrading, upgrading, upgrading until you just have a completely decked out. Maybe it's all black and it has big spikes or something. That's what we could get if we collect all these future first-round picks. Yeah. We could just be unstoppable in the future. And I would much rather do that than continuing to like, oh, who's the next big star we're going to trade for when I don't really think that's going to happen. No, yeah. I honestly, I'm a dummy. No, I honestly think that it's it's a it's a great model right now for this team because I mean you look up and down the roster, and it's like try to find guys that you don't like, you know. There's uh, just can't do it. there's just a lot of guys. I mean, there, there's like a non-zero chance that they're gonna have to figure out something with Aaron Wiggins over the next couple of years, as far as like keeping him or like trading him or whatever. Yeah, you know. And like that's a good player. I think most Thunder fans would sit there and be like, "No, no, no, we like that guy. We want to keep that guy." But it's like we're developing all these first round talent, all this first round talent. You know, I mean, the the writing's okay. going to be on the wall for Poku if he doesn't play well. You know, this year there's going to be like a lot of guys that are going to be like on the fringe for the Thunder just because they have so much talent. And they have all these picks upcoming, and this is why you can do those trades. And I agree, you you do those trades with Milwaukee, you do them with the Sixers, you do them with whoever. Yeah, I was looking at Lakers, Lakers. Another one, especially because they draft really well. Like yeah, they could get a couple firsts in these next few drafts because I know they still have that outstanding first to New Orleans, and they might even have a swap left with them. Um, but I think that would make sense for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm into that idea if if and i think those teams should do it too i think it makes sense it's, for it's them a well. it's a win-win like like no, make no mistake about it it's a win-win for denver absolutely and, and it's gonna it could be a win-win for whoever needs it but the truth is the thunder just don't need those picks right now like they don't need to cash in on those now but if you can continue to push those into 2030 especially with good teams because the odds that a team right now that is like in the top five of their conference like Denver, like the Milwaukee, like the Sixers, being really good teams in 2030 is extremely low. Extremely low. Those teams are typically not very good. Uh, M. Webb in the chat says, what happened to Chet's three ball? Looks broken. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I think some of it could be conditioning. Some of it could be confidence. He's front rimming, which means that there's he's just got to get a little bit more strength into his shot. And um, are we sure he's met Chip yet? Does he know that Chip England is on the team? I, I'm I guess worried. he does since he's been on the team for a year. That'd be weird if he didn't uh, meet <laughs> Chip yet. But uh, you call, know what? Here's can, an excuse we can do. Here's an excuse we can do. Uh-huh. Uh, Chip's working on his shot. And uh, like we always say, you know, when you first back. change a shot, you gotta take a step back. Yeah, there you uh, go. I mean, I don't worry about the shooting at all, just because like the free throw touch is ridiculous. Yeah, I would agree. So. And it's kind of the opposite with Us, where uh, it, his like mid range touch and his free throw touch does not give me a ton of confidence about his three at all. Uh, but then he shoots those shots today, and I'm like, damn, that was really pretty. <laughs> He's so good. He looked so, so good. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Uh, Yeah, my other big takeaway, and this kind of goes into what you are just talking about, just watching Summer League and and more just looking at rosters around the league. Mm -hmm. Man, the NBA is so ready for expansion. There are so many guys deserving of a more dedicated and realistic developmental path in the NBA than are really going to get it right now. Well. I mean, look at look at the guys that are at the end of the roster right now for the Thunder. 
Where it's like they yeah, have like, Ty Ty Washington and Garuba, who should just be on somebody's roster, getting developmental minutes with us in the G League, or like playing on the court. But now they're just like being passed around. It's like, wait a minute, like these were two guys that were picked in like the mid first round. They should have a sl- a spot somewhere. This wasn't that long well, ago. Just watching uh, Trey Mann those first couple games, like yeah. You watch those games and you're like, man, I wish there was a team where he could just play 30 minutes a yeah. night yeah, yeah. and see what you really have. Yeah. Because it feels like he's finally at that stage where he could make a, a jump for him, mm-hmm. like really establish himself as an NBA player. But I don't know if he's going to be able to like reach that ceiling in Oklahoma City just because of the roster construction. Yeah. And, and and honestly, I don't know where that could really happen either. Like, you look around the league, there's just so many guys. And so, yeah, I do hope they add two teams because there's just – I mean, I was watching, uh, like, just the Spurs, you know, like having Sissoko, Dom Barlow, like these guys who yeah. really look like they might have something. Yeah, Barlow's um, good. And you even look at the Spurs roster and you're like, I don't know how many minutes they're going to get on yeah. the Spurs next year. So – uh yeah, I hope that happens. Yeah. yeah. Seems like it will. Yeah, it seems like it's that's coming. Uh real quick before we go, any thoughts on the in season tournament? I love it. Yeah, for it. And I don't be- even I don't even understand the argument against it because it it's still regular season games. So it's like what what's what people what's just putting think, off what are put what's putting people off about this? People just think that the teams won't care, but it's like it's it it. Even if they don't, it's just regular season games. Like yeah. we're still watching. We still watch those regular season. Once you games. get to the finals in Vegas, like the semifinals and finals in Vegas, people will care. Like those teams will care, and that's yeah. I, and I don't care what teams they are. Like they're going to be some decent teams that get there, and it'll be fun. Like to me, it's just if you are a curmudgeon about it, it's like you just hate fun. I guess I, I have nothing against it. Um, I think that the Thunder are in a great pod. I, I like know. their pod. Yeah, sure. I, I think they. I think they have the third best odds in their pod. I was looking at some odds for yeah. the pod. The the Warriors and the Kings. I think the Kings will care about it. I'm not sure if the Warriors will care about it. Which is and who are the who are the other two teams? Spurs and Spurs. Who's the Who's the other? It's team? not Denver, is it? No, 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 no. No, I'd be very afraid. Uh, no, 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 no. If that. If that were the case. Hey, uh, do you want to just guess some Eastern Conference over-unders real quick? Just to close this out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Hornets. You you say the 30 was the lowest just in the West? Uh, Well, other than the Blazers who are off the board right now. But yeah, uh, 30 and a half for the Spurs was the lowest in the West so far. Okay. 24 and a half. 31 and a half. So it what sounds like the? you'll be going under on the Hornets. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. It sounds like you should go put money on it right now. I would. I mean, if I was a betting man, I would put money on that right now. That team this, has this like is the, four NBA players. This is the best way to figure out like your strongest takes on teams. Yeah. Because if there's that big of a gap, that's. That, I feel like that's meaningful. Yeah, um, that team sucks. Wizards. 27 and a half? Wow, 25 and a half. Okay. You're a little high on the whiz. A little high on the whiz. Uh, I mean, whatever. Uh, Raptors. 32 and a half? Whew, 37 and a half. You're going 32 and a half. Wow. I just don't think they're going to be very good. Uh, I, also, I also think that like they're going to have to make a decision on Siakam. Um, like all the all the Siakam stuff is like for real, for real. They're they're not they're not gonna make a decision. They're gonna drag this into next summer and they'll both leave. Uh, it, it, Pacers. They they're gonna screw themselves over if that's the case. Uh Pacers, thirty four and a half. Very close, thirty five and a half. Okay. Uh Bulls. Oh, what a gross <laughs> team. Thirty eight and a half. Thirty seven and a half. Very good. Okay, you finished on a strong note. None of these other teams. I don't like Doing the actual good teams, yeah. That's like, who cares yeah, about those them? Are, those are I'm big, I'm really whatever. just interested in who could be a surprise team. Yeah, and based on what we have so far, now these numbers will change. Mm-hmm. First of all, the Magic are not candidates anymore. They are 36 and a half, so they will not wow. be. Wow! Congratulations, Orlando! Wow! Congratulations. So we have the Hornets, the Wizards, 
the Jazz, probably the well, definitely the Blazers, mm-hmm. uh, the Rockets, the Spurs, Raptors do not count. Um, Nets are currently unlisted, I guess, because they could get someone. Mm-hmm. Pistons and Pacers. Hmm. Early candidates Honestly, for me, Jazz and Pacers. Yeah, I think I, I could potentially talk myself into the Jazz. Um, so what would the so the Pacers are currently at thirty five and a half, so they'd have to win forty six games. Oh, I'd have to think about that yeah, if I, I really want to do that. Alberton's really good. That's a lot, though. Uh, that's a big. That's a big old jump. That's, that's a big a jump. Big old jump. Um, okay. We'll have more episodes coming at you guys next. The next couple of weeks, it's going to be a little weird for me because I'm taking some time off, but we're still going to have three episodes a week. This this past week has or this week has been a complete disaster for me. So I apologize for being irregular with the down to dunk schedule. I will get three podcasts to you this week. That's going to happen. I just don't know exactly when <laughs> that's going to happen. And the same thing for next week. Um, but then after that, we should be back to normal. So, uh, apologies. My Vegas schedule was just absolutely insane. It was, it was great. It was great being there. It was great seeing everybody. Um, got to meet some dunkers while I was there, which was, uh, great. Got to see colleagues and meet people and it was wonderful. But, um, my responsibilities were through the roof as far as what I needed to do for the athletics. So could not get as much done as i wanted to for this show in particular so uh but we'll be back can i say one thing real quick yeah uh sportsman 405 just dm me Mm -hmm. um so he had a list of opposing players field goal percentage versus everyone on our roster specifically at the rim Mm -hmm. okay and uh against usman jang players shot eight percentage points worse against him than other players. Because I mentioned earlier I didn't love him around the rim. Maybe there's some evidence that uh, he does actually a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring that up. Wow. You uh, know who else was really good? Hmm. Darius Baisley. Shout out to Baze. Bring Baze back. More blocks than fouls. Baze. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm intrigued by Oos. I need, I need to see more. I need to see it in the regular season, but he was past the summer league test with flying colors, especially with like the self creation stuff and the confidence was just like, Whoa. Yeah, it was cool. That was crazy. Uh, all right. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. We will talk to you guys again, probably tomorrow. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.